In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It is no secret that my top manifesting hack is my daily use of subliminal audios. I mean, mostly because I'm lazy and I get to manifest in my sleep. What a goddamn dream. Who wouldn't love it? Subliminal messaging has been around for years. The Guardian published an article back in 2007 stating that scientists have found that subliminal messages leave a mark on the brain. And that's why everyone from Apple to Coca-Cola have infamously used it in their advertising campaigns. Subliminal stimuli are any sensory stimuli below a person's threshold for conscious perception, i.e. you think you're just listening to a relaxing piece of music, but boom, there are hundreds, if not thousands, thousands of powerful statements and affirmations beneath the music that you can't hear with your conscious brain. These affirmations can have distinct impacts on people's thoughts and behaviour. Choose from a range including perfect health, wealth and success, beauty and confidence, fertility, weight loss, meet your soulmate, peaceful and present parent, happy kids and so much more. Easily download onto your phone or live stream when exercising, cooking dinner, in the bath or my personal favourite as you go to sleep as part of your daily mindset practice. Go to francescaamber.com to get yours. Hello and welcome back to Law of Attraction Changed My Life. I'm Francesca and I'm very excited to be here because today is an episode that I've wanted to do for a really long time, but it took a little bit of um, getting my shit together. So we are in what, week two or week three of the English second lockdown right now. How is everybody feeling? I definitely don't feel the same as I did during lockdown one. Like lockdown one was fucking raw let's not lie oh you weren't even born did anyone hear that can you hear a baby I can't tell what you can hear and what you can't hear but Laveau is being a little bit vocal in the background um lockdown one was fucking raw oh months and months and months on end with no um nurseries no schools no no timetables no work nothing and I feel like I went a little bit insane this lockdown I mean 
I went to Asda today. I bought some Christmas presents. I, are you, are you supposed to do that? I don't really know. Um, but yes, it definitely does feel different. It doesn't feel nearly as strict. I feel like people's attitudes to it are different. But anyway, this is not a podcast about the coronavirus. This is a podcast about the law of attraction. And today we are talking about the top five books that have changed my life. Now, interestingly, plot twist, these are not law of attraction books. Before you turn off, They are self-improvement books, but they are not actually specifically law of attraction books. I thought I might do another episode that is just my top law of attraction books after that. But these are books that I have read. They are non-fiction. They are in the self-improvement, self-help category, and they have all had a massive bearing on my life. Like I actually implement them and use them pretty much every day of my life. And if I don't, I should. So I know what you're thinking, Fran. Stop recommending books to us. Ain't nobody got time to be reading 25 books a day. And I agree with you. And that is why I am now working with Audible. And I think it is a fantastic service to use if you are trying to consume content or you're trying to read books. Like like one of my New Year's resolutions this year was to read more books. It's something that I know I have to do. It's good for me. But my God, is it fucking hard, especially now I have two new babies, like trying to physically hold a book whilst I'm feeding them and hold them, make sure they don't fall. And I'm not going to lie to you, Laveau has rolled off my feeding pillow twice. That poor girl is going to grow up with a complex. But anyway, it is really hard. And also, if you're trying to do stuff as well, you know, we talked before about no extra time time. It's like you can listen to a podcast whilst you're doing something, whilst you're cleaning or whilst you're painting or decorating or whatever. I feel like reading has had to kind of sandwich itself into that category as well, because as much as I say I want to make time to read, I rarely do. So that is why I'm all about Audible. Now, in the show notes, which if you are looking at my podcast, if you have it up on your phone, you just scroll down and I think you say it says read more or something. In the show notes, there is a link and you can get one month free on Amazon's Audible and you get a free ebook with that as well. All of your favorite books, all of your self favorite self-improvement and law of attraction books are on there and you can just be redecorating your bedroom or cleaning your bathroom or doing whatever it is you need to do, feeding your baby and you can be listening to the book that you always meant to read at the same time. Bless you. Did anyone hear those sneezes from Laveau? I don't know. I don't know whether to respond to her or not because if I respond to her and you can't hear her, I sound like a crazy person and if I don't, you think that bitch is ignoring her baby. I'm not. She's got plenty of attention. So anyway, yeah, click that link and that will take you to your month's free trial and you can cancel it at any time. You can cancel it and just use your free month, whatever you want to do. So on to my top five books that have changed my life. They're all quite different and I think that's going to make it super exciting. And some of them you might think, what the fuck is this? But I'm telling you, give them a chance. They're going to change your life. This is in no particular order, by the way. So the first book is called The Five Love Languages. Now, this was written by a therapist who said that we all show 
give and receive love in five different ways. And quite often communication problems between people, and this isn't just for like a romantic partner. This isn't just to get your relationship with your husband or your wife right again. This can be applied to your friends, to your family, uh, to your colleagues, your business partners, your clients, even to your children. And actually, I think they did bring out a five love languages for children as well. And once you start reading it, it makes so much sense about how you can be showing your love in one particular way. And to the other person, they don't receive their love in that way. And so it's being miscommunicated. They're not seeing it as you showing them love. They're seeing it as like, God, she's being annoying. Or why is she doing that? Or that's so unnecessary. So the five different ways that we give and receive love are as follows. Quality time, words of affirmation, acts of service, gifts and physical touch. So you can use the quiz inside this book to discover your own primary and secondary language. Now, I was a very shallow little bitch when I was younger and I would have thought that my love language was maybe gifts and I don't know, I'm not sure it would have been gifts. So you have a primary one that is like your absolute, that is my, that's my love language. And then a lot of us do also have a secondary one as well. And when I took this quiz, it became really abundantly clear that mine are actually acts of service and words of affirmation or potentially quality time. They're kind of level level pegging but acts of service if you do something for me that I can't do myself oh lord I'm yours forever I am yours forever gifts I get a little bit annoyed by gifts sometimes I don't always love them um yeah physical touch you can touch me if you like but truly it is those that really make the difference to me So I first read this book when I was married and my marriage was in crisis and it became really obvious that our love languages were completely different. So for my husband, for him to feel a real act of love would have been for me to on holiday to actually leave the baby at home and to go out and get drunk with him. That is his absolute highest way of receiving love. Whereas for me, it would have been an act of service. So I remember when we first got together, um, we actually weren't speaking. (laughs) It was probably like a month or so in and we were not speaking at all. And I had to break the silence and call him because my washing machine flooded and he came right, right over and brought the hose off of his own washing machine and brought it over and fixed it for me. And I was like, we need to get married because for me, an act of service, that is my love language. So I think I mentioned recently that my sister's love language is definitely gifts, which is not mine. And so we clearly clash on that. And so, and I think sometimes with my friends as well, like my friends have like are so lovely and so generous and they've like sent me baby gifts and stuff like that. And I've become really aware that, oh shit, I didn't like send gifts for all of your children's birthdays and shit like that. Like, I just don't do that, partly because I feel like it's a little bit odd when it's like you don't you don't see the children ever, you don't really know them. For me, I feel like quality time and acts of service are such a bigger love language. So I will literally cross the country and spend hours driving and not see my daughter for a whole weekend. I'll be like, that's your weekend with dad to go and see my friends and spend quality time with them. But 
am I going to remember to send your kid a birthday card? No. But for other people, they might be like, what a rude bitch. Do you see what I'm saying? We all show our love in different ways. And it's you need if you value a friendship or you value a relationship, you need to find out what their love language is and act accordingly. So my sister's is definitely gifts. Mine isn't. And recently I've been changing my love language towards her because I do appreciate her very much. And I've just been like giving her little gifts, which is very against my nature because I hate buying unnecessary shit. But last time I went around there, I bought her some chocolate biscuits and I bought her an aluminium free deodorant that has like no chemicals in it. And I'm going to continue to do nice little things like that, whereas I normally never, ever would. So that is my first recommendation. The five love languages. Like I said, I think they might do a children's version if they do. Oh, by the way, I'll link all of these books down below as well. And if you're going to buy them, do click on the link through my the, the links that I'm going to put below because your girl gets about 2p. But, you know, it all adds up. We'll be back after a quick break. Hi, this is Ross, the host of Smells Like Humans. Each week we talk about the curious things that people do. Fans say it's like hanging out with your funny friends. If you like lighthearted conversation, personal stories, and a hint of psychology chances are we are discussing something relevant to you like relationships dreams phobias weddings work cults a hundred topics and counting sometimes silly sometimes serious but always fun please join us because no matter who you are we all smell like humans please click the link in the show notes My second book recommendation is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Now, I first read this in my early 20s and the main thing that I took from it, I guess, was like all about assets and liabilities and it kind of changed my financial mindset forever. And I'm not going to say I'm the most financially wise person in the world. I'm not, um, but I did learn a lot from this book. One of the things that I distinctly remember is that they were saying how most people will get a pay rise at work. And then what they'll do is they'll just up their spending. So they'll just, it will just quickly be absorbed by their spending, or they might get a bigger house or a bigger mortgage in line with their promotions throughout their life. But actually they never end up getting any richer because they are just always just slightly increasing, um, you know, the size of where they live or the cost of their car and whatever, whatever. And this book was written by a guy whose dad was quite poor, um, but his friend had like a multimillionaire dad. And so he learned a lot of stuff from the friend's dad, who is very close to, and he saw a real difference in how his dad and his friend's dad did stuff. Most people will think that their biggest asset is their family home and that they will pour so much money into it and they will remortgage it and consolidate loans and they will do the what they can to get the biggest or the most expensive home that they can. But actually, that's not an asset. You only get money out of it if you sell it. And if you sell it, you ain't got nowhere to live, bitch. So he was saying how you should actually live below your means. You don't have to live in the biggest house that you can afford. And that actually you should divert your money to assets, not liabilities. And that's basically, yeah, you need to increase your assets, decrease your liabilities and live your best goddamn life. 
So I applied this to my own life in the last couple of years when it became clear that I didn't want to raise children in London and that I wanted to move up to Lincolnshire to be near my family. Now, my flat's worth that half a million pounds, I guess. I could have sold that and I could have bought the most beautiful house up here. Did I do that? Bitch, no, because I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Instead, I worked my ass off for a year and borrowed money from my sister and was like, okay, I know the village I want to be in. I am going to buy the cheapest house that comes up in this village. And so I did. I set up an alert on Rightmove and I managed to get my house. Like it was so cheap. I don't know how. Um, Well, law of attraction, I guess. And there are people that could be like, but Fran, but now you're living in like a small house and what's the point? You've got like a half million pound flat sitting there. But no, because that is not my liability. It's an asset. My house that I live in now is a bit of a liability, to be honest. I live in it. I don't make any money from it. And it's not worth that much, which is fantastic. That's how you want it. But my flat, that's my asset. When shit hit the fan this year and I lost all my regular income streams, that flat is the only thing that kept me going. Praise be to it. I love that flat so much. I'm never getting rid of it. I want to be buried in it. I was only kept going. I could only keep food on my table when the UK lockdown happened and the coronavirus spread and everything went to shit because we have a terrible government. That flat is the only thing that kept me going. And so if I hadn't had that, I would have been fucked. Instead, I would have had a big liability, a big mortgage on a big house up here. And anyway, I'm sure you understand what I'm saying. But some other takeaways that I learned from that book is that most people work for money, but the rich make money work for them. So it's all about sweating your assets, not actually having to sweat yourself. And I definitely have applied that to both my salon business and my flat. I mean, my neighbor once said, your flat is literally only empty for like half an hour. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, when I leave, it's literally like an hour and then my Airbnb guests or whatever it is arrive. It is the best thing I've ever done. I love it. Um, And also the other takeaway is that it's not just how much money you make, but it's how much money you keep. Now, years and years and years ago, I don't know if you know, but I did used to date quite a lot of footballers. I was a little hoe. Look, I enjoyed it. It was fun. And this one guy that I was seeing, he... I remember I googled it. He made £35,000 a week, which back then, I mean, even now, is insane. And I remember he was like a massive gambler and he hardly had any money. So despite earning £35,000 a week, if you spend more than you fucking earn, it doesn't matter how much you earn, you're not going to be saving, you're not going to be acquiring assets. I mean, God knows where he is now. Maybe I should have a little look on Instagram for lols. Oh, I might do that actually after. Um, And finally, the rich prioritize saving first. So most people will prioritize their spending habits and prioritize everything else. And then whatever's left, which is often nothing. um, And I'm not saying this from a moral high ground. In the last year, I have not saved jack shit. Um, But the rich will, uh, the poor, like not poor, but like the average person will prioritize, uh, will prioritize their spending and whatever's left at the end, which is often nothing, they will save. Whereas the rich will prioritize saving first. So that has to be done first and then they will live below their means after that. It's a really interesting book. It changed my mindset on finances and everything else and I really recommend it. So that is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. 
Number three is number three is a book written by a lady who I just found out lives round the corner to me in London in Muswell Hill. Who would have known? Um, and it's called Get Your Shit Together by Ruth Field. So she has previously written a book called Run Fat Bitch Run, and it was all about getting people motivated to go basically from like couch to 10k or whatever. And her books are very, very, I just find them very motivational, very, very motivational. And I tend to read them when I'm feeling very, very overwhelmed. So I do keep her book, Get Your Shit Together, Your Prescription for a Simpler Life, because I do reread it probably once a year, once every two years. Like I said, if I'm starting to feel very overwhelmed by a lot of stuff in my life, a lot of things I need to do and I'm not doing them or you know, it all gets on top of us sometimes. I read her book and I feel like everything is possible. So I'm just going to read you the blurb because I think it's going to explain it better than I can. It says, what is in your handbag? To-do list scrawled on the back of receipts, an unpaid bill, half a chocolate bar covered in fluff. Your handbag is a metaphor for the rest of your life. Has becoming a capable, poised grown-up turned out to be a lot more complicated than you imagined? If you answered yes to any of these questions and you're tired of the crappy stuff in life grinding you down, then it's time to stop whining and get your shit together. With this funny, frank and tough-talking guide, Ruth Field of the Grit Doctor will help you. So, she talks about doing grit. She's like a grit doctor. And you have to build your grit muscle bear with me. I swear it does make sense. So she says that all these things that we don't like doing, that we dread, that we put off. I mean, for me, 100% tax return. I put that off. I dread it all year long. So the top tips I've gathered from her book is to create a grit hour. So that is one hour in your day. And the earlier, the better, to be honest, um, where you get all of your most unpleasant tasks done. And that is going to be different for everybody. For some people, it might be that you desperately do need to do half an hour of exercise a day, in which case that would be in your grit hour. Waking up and doing it first thing in the morning, we all know that is the only way to get things achieved. Um, And just dedicating one hour a day, I think you'd be surprised what you can do in an hour. And I think I'm guilty of it. I'm sure you are too, where you can spend six hours in a day procrastinating and thinking, oh, I really should be doing that. I really should be doing it, but I'm not doing it, but I'll do it in a minute. Imagine freeing yourself from that and just saying between 8 and 9am, that is my grit hour. Whatever I don't get done in that hour, I'll do it in my grit hour tomorrow. What a fucking life changing notion. Maybe I'll do a whole book club week on this and I can like live it for a week and let you know how it goes. I am going to reread it because I'd forgotten how good it is. And the other thing she promotes is the shelf exercise. So she says that when you're feeling super overwhelmed and you've got lots of stuff to do and you don't know where to begin or you're feeling quite confused, go clear one shelf. So it could be a shelf in your kitchen. It could be a shelf in your bedroom, your bathroom, no matter where it is. Go, take everything off of it, clean the shelf, dry the shelf and put everything back, throw away what needs to be thrown away and just organise that one shelf. And the reason to do that is because action inspires action and action inspires energy. If you just clear that one shelf, you'll feel so great about yourself that you'll go on to do another shelf and then maybe the whole cupboard. And then maybe because you're physically doing something, you'll feel a little bit clearer in your mind and you'll be like, oh, okay, I know what I need to do now. It doesn't seem such a big task. 
So I guess the main objective of the book is to stop you procrastinating and just take some fucking action. And these are some of my favorite quotes from the book. Action is the foundational key to all success. Who said that? Pablo Picasso. And he should know. Um, An ounce of action is worth a ton of theory. Ralph Waldo Emerson. If I was going to have a boy, I was going to call him Emerson. If the twins were boys, they were going to be Emerson and Jude, which I think are such lovely boy names. And they almost were called for about five days um, Peaches and Primrose. But I think they sound like strippers. So Reva and Laveau it was. And finally, I never worry about action, only inaction. And that was Winston Churchill, who it turns out was a massive racist. But still, he was quite, you know, we'll we'll take a quote from Winston Churchill. We'll have it. So if you are looking to be motivated in life, to get a little bit of discipline back in your life, to have some practical ideas that will actually help to motivate you, I cannot recommend that book enough. Um, Something she often talks about is that we talk about stuff. We talk, 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 talk about it. And if it doesn't work, you've spent all this time talking about it but you don't actually know. Um, I talked a little while, (laughs) a long time, about selling lashes. I found a really good supplier of them. Um, I was going to sell them to other salons. And I was like, this would be amazing. I could have like an eBay store. I bought a load. And you know what? They didn't really sell. Luckily, I used them all in my salon anyway, and I absolutely love them. So it wasn't really a risk. But I could stop talking about it and stop thinking about it because I tried it. I'd done it. Trying it and it not working is better than not trying it and never knowing. So that is my next recommendation. Get your shit together. Your prescription for a simpler life by Ruth Field. Number, I've actually lost count of what number we're on. But the next book I have is The Continuum Concept. Now, I do, (laughs) I rave about this book constantly. To any fucker who will listen, They don't want to know. They don't ask me, but you better believe I tell them. So this was originally printed in 1975. So this bitch is old um, and it is written by a lady called Jean. Hmm. I've never read her name out loud before. Jean Lidloff. Lidloff? Lidloff. Look, a lady called Jean. And the subtitle for the book is In Search of Happiness Lost, The Continuum Concept. Now, you might be thinking, what the fuck is The Continuum Concept? It is the idea that it's not just an idea, it's, it's, it has backing, it has um, evidence and research and everything else. I mean, your girl Jean, she went to Cornell, she's a founding member of The Ecologist magazine and she is a psychotherapist who applies the continuum concept to her patients every goddamn day. Um, she spent years and years and years um, studying tribes, uh, Stone Age tribes and living with them and observing them. And basically, she's here to spread the good word. So the continuum concept is the idea that, you know, evolution, we all are born, we're a species, she's an anthropologist. I mean, how many of us actually study anthropology at all? We know probably more about how to care for horses and dogs than we do humans. And that's the idea of this book. A lot of people come across this when they are pregnant or having a baby because it is the ultimate guide of how we should bring humans, baby humans, into this world and how they need to be cared for. So I've got so excited about it. I've got too many thoughts and it's all it, it's all coming out my mouth at once. Um, but it's the idea of we all evolve. So 
you must have seen um, like a David Attenborough documentary where these little tiny animals are born and they come out and they know exactly what they have to do, whether it's that they need to hatch out of their shell and then no fucker tells them, but they have to then climb up this little mountain to the top of the mountain to reach the, the, the pack or whether they have to, you know, bizarre things, bizarre, bizarre things that they, they intrinsically, they know it. It is programmed into them to do because no one taught them it. They're like hours old, but they know because it's in their DNA. It is in the very fiber of their body. Well, guess what? We're animals too. And we also have that. But because we, for the last couple of hundred years, have become more civilized and more westernized, then we have lost so many of our our basic instincts. And we see these little tiny humans born with these very basic instincts that are a part of us. But because we're so far removed from it in our adult life, we don't recognize it. And we end up thinking that we're in a battle with our babies. How often do you see like parenting people? Come on, you must see it where it's like, oh, I had a war with my child today or I lost another battle with my child. You're not in a battle with your baby. No one's going to win. No one's going to lose. You're on the same team. It's just you're speaking a different fucking language right now. So there's too much in this book for me to ever... There's just too much. I can't tell you how much I love this book, but so much of it resonates with me. So much of it makes sense. It's like why babies will only sleep if they are physically touching you and why they're not happy if you like lay them down on their own or they they just want to be touching you. That's not just because they're trying to manipulate you or they're trying to get their own way. It has been developed, it's evolved from when we would have had predators. There would have been predators that would have come and eaten our young. And a baby left on its own is not safe. And it knows that. It knows it's not safe. It's only safe when it is attached to its mother, much like a little baby monkey. You wouldn't just leave a little baby monkey on its own. But obviously, they don't know now that we're in houses with locked doors and, you know, that a predator isn't going to come and get them. And so when they're left on their own, they scream. Um, There's a lot of stuff about baby wearing and carrying them and having as much physical contact and movement as possible. And I have to say, like, I am seeing it in real life, how it's working. Um, I did real continuum concept attachment parenting with Bohemia. She very rarely was not touching me. She was on my body all the time. And that kid never cried. That kid never cried. I never had a sleepless night. It was pretty easy. And my biggest fear when I was having twins was, oh, I only have one body. Like, how do I physically attachment parent two babies at once? How do I do the continuum concept with two babies? And I'm not going to lie to you. It's a fucking struggle. It's a fucking struggle. I'm seven weeks in. I mean, I'm currently sitting, I'm going to get repetitive strain injury in my left leg because I've just been bouncing Laveau in a chair for the last, how long we've been going? Oh my God, we've been going 30 minutes. Shit, I've got to speed up. Um, But it's really hard because I can't physically hold them both all the time. And when I do pick them up and hold them, they are instantly so soothed and they're so happy. But I hear blood curdling screams from these girls that I never heard from Bohemia because I can't always physically pick them up and be there for them as they need me to be. There's also a lot to do with the fourth trimester, which is that if you look at a lot of animals in the wild, well, any other animal that isn't us, they're born 
the babies are born and they pretty much can not fend for themselves, but they can walk, they can move around by themselves. Humans are pretty much the only animal that can't do that because of our hip to head ratio. When we started standing up on two legs, our hips became a lot narrower than when we were on all fours. And so we are born a lot earlier than we would traditionally be. And so babies are completely helpless for the first couple of months. So the fourth trimester takes place outside of the womb. So you basically treat your baby as if it's in the womb, but it's outside. Look, I could go on about this all day. And some of you might be like, this is the most boring thing I've ever heard. But let me just say one more thing. I heard a fact that was something like if you sleep with your baby a meter away from you, its cortisol levels, its stress hormones are doubled. And if you sleep with your baby in the next room, it's something like quadrupled. And that is just biology. That is evolution, bitches. It's evolution. Um, The twins sleep in my bed with me. I had a travel cot. I put it next to the bed. I thought, let's give this a fucking try. There's two of them. Let's give it a try. I can't have three people in my bed. I've got Bo in there as well. God help me. And even just being that meter away, I mean, my bedroom's not massive. Just being that meter away, they did not sleep and they didn't settle. Get them in the bed with me. They sleep all night long. So make of that what you will. The Sunday Telegraph said, it is really a thesis about achieving fulfillment. It is time we reappraised ourselves and discovered what sort of animal we are. We have a standard of living while the Akana have a quality of life. So even if you are not having children, even if you are not pregnant, if you're not having a baby, it is a study on anthropology and what it is to be human and why we might feel certain ways about things. And I can't tell you how much I fucking love it. If you want to discover more about yourself, I highly recommend it. The Continuum Concept. I love it. Oh, this might be a longer podcast today, you know. It might be a longer one because I've still got, uh, what have I got? Two more books to go. So my next book is The Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. So I read this years and years ago and it kind of goes a little bit hand in hand with Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but it's more focuses on your quality of life and your life experience over just financial gain. So Tim Ferriss talks about how we do not need to be a slave to the nine to five and how we can create our own life of our dreams by working just four hours a week. And take that with a pinch of salt, because I mean, I work two days a week. Well, I did before I had these babies, but two days a week for me was optimal. That was great. That's all I needed to do. And I actually earned more money working two days a week following the four hour work week practices than I did from working full time nine to five thirty. This book will work for you if you own your own business. This book will work for you if you are in a job. And I think especially now, now that we have just come out of this crazy pandemic. Well, I say come out of it. That was optimistic, wasn't it? We're in the middle of it. Um, This book will work better than ever because a lot of it is about asking your boss if you can work from home one day a week or if you can consolidate your days and when better than now to do this. So I'd highly recommend it. It's very um, on brand at the time, I guess. So one of the things that Tim Ferriss is passionate about is that you shouldn't just work every day of your life until you get old and then you have enough money to retire, but then you're too old to enjoy your retirement. He talks about having mini retirements throughout your life. So one of the main takeaways I took from this book is where he said, you should try and own somewhere expensive. You should own a property somewhere where it is expensive to live. London, tick. And then you should live somewhere cheap. So an example of that would be, and something that I have seriously thought about doing is, 
So you own a house in London or maybe just anywhere in England. All of England is pretty expensive, let's be honest. So you own a house in England. You could probably, in the winter months, rent out that house for, say, January and February. And with that money, you could live in Thailand, in um, Cambodia, somewhere beautiful, somewhere hot, somewhere where you are going to have the winter sun. And you could have your entire living expenses, your food, everything else, all paid for from just renting your house out back in cold, gloomy England. You can do this. This is something I've done so many times. And when I first discovered this, I really, really got into Airbnb. My God, I love Airbnb. Actually, I'm going to leave that in the show notes as well. Hashtag coupon queen. But like, I'm going to leave a link. If you want to sign up to Airbnb and list your own place, you can just do a single room or you can rent the entire place. Um, I think we both get uh, £50 or something like that. I'm not sure. But check it out. I'm going to leave the link down below. But when I discovered Airbnb, it was like a revelation. It was like all of a sudden, I could rent my flat out in London for say like £300 for a weekend. And with that money, I could go on holiday. And so when I first became a single parent, I was really striving to buy the house that I'm in now. I was only really single and living in London for a year. And my main goal and my main focus for that whole year was I have to buy a house by the end of the year. And so the only way for me to be able to afford to take my daughter on holiday was to rent my flat out whilst I was on holiday. And so I would open up my diary for a couple of weeks in the summer. And whenever I got a booking for a week, I'd be like, right, well, I guess that's my week to go on holiday. So my friend Sophia and I went to Marrakesh. This is insane. I rented my flat out in London for I think it was something like 700 or 800 pounds for the week. And we went to Marrakesh. I fucking loved it there. I love Morocco so much. Um, All inclusive because, you know, I've got a very hungry child and they love that shit. Um, Flights, everything, accommodation, everything you could want for a week. The holiday itself was £320. So I essentially got paid £400 to take my daughter to Marrakesh for a week. That little holiday story there is the best way to describe what the four-hour work week will do for your life. That is the only way I can describe it is I got paid £400 to take my daughter for the holiday of a lifetime. She still talks about that holiday. She fucking loves it. Another example could be I hate cleaning. I hate it. And after reading the book, it's like, okay, well, cleaning in London is about £12 an hour, but I can earn £30 doing a spray tan in just 15 minutes. So actually, all I need to do is focus on getting one more spray tan a week, and then I can afford to have a cleaner every single week. So it's just little things like that. It truly, truly is life changing. I'd highly recommend it, particularly if you find yourself in a job or a career that you are not loving and you want more freedom over your own life, more time. I mean, it's kind of crazy because everyone has more freedom now, right? Because we're all working from home, but I highly recommend that book. And my final recommendation, I'm going to keep this one super short because we've talked about this before, God knows how many fucking times, but it is Marie Kondo's Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, aka the worst titled book in the world. 
she has kind of revolutionised the whole minimalism and, and decluttering game by suggesting that we clear out our houses by category and not area. There's a couple of things she does, folding techniques, all these different things that make her kind of stand out from your bog standard declutterer. And her book, really examines why you want to have a clear and simple life and not just talking about what to get rid of and how. It's really about why you want to do it. And so I would highly recommend that. Like I said, I'm going to leave all the links to all of the books below. And I'm also going to leave a link to a free month of Audible. If you want to keep Audible after, it's fantastic, honestly, for being able to just consume books whilst you're driving, whilst you're on your commute, whilst you're at home, whilst you're cleaning, whilst you're decorating, whilst you're doing whatever you goddamn want. You could even be doing it whilst you're painting. If you have a creative job where you paint or you are crafting, you could listen to it whilst you're doing that. Whereas really sitting and holding a book, I just find I don't have time for it anymore. And how sad is that? But I really don't have time for it. So yeah, if you want a free ebook and a free month with Audible, click the link below and I'll leave it on my Instagram as well. Um, Speaking of links and uh, self-promotion, It's Christmas coming up, bitches. If you've got someone that likes this podcast, that listens to it, and they would like an official COVID mask, I'll leave the link down below as well. Help your girl out. It's nearly Christmas. Um, and come and follow me on Instagram. I want to see you there. I can't believe since starting this podcast, I started, I think I had like 16 and a half thousand followers on Instagram uh, when this started. And now there's 23 and a half thousand. And I'm so happy to have you all there. I love reading all your comments. It's kind of the one place that I can't can like engage with listeners and speak to people and I see the same people cropping up all the time and I feel like I know their life now I've got so many people messaging me saying since I've been listening to your podcast I'm now pregnant and they've been updating me on their journeys and it's truly glorious so come and join us I'm at law of attraction changed my life and something I've been doing during um this lockdown because truly what else is there for me to do there's nowhere to go Ugh, um, is I've been taking the cutest pictures of all of my daughters and just the matching baby outfits. I, I can't cope with it. It is super cute and it just gives me immense pleasure and joy to have gorgeous pictures of the girls because I look back on the ones of Bo as a baby now and I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I took nice pictures of her because it just gives me it just gives me all the feels so if you want to see cute matching baby pictures um they are in matching clothes all the time they're going to get a complex I did get them mixed up today that's for another story um I'm at Francesca Amber I hope you enjoyed this episode I think it's going to be the longest one I've ever done I mean I'm on 43 minutes I'm gonna have to edit it a little bit out but I think yeah I think we're still on track to be possibly the longest episode yet I hope I haven't rambled too much um I hope I have (laughs) I hope I haven't uh forced the continuum concept down your throat because I am very passionate about that book um but remember today a reader tomorrow a leader we really should endeavour to try and read more books. And if we can't do it in the conventional way, fuck it. An audio book will do. Please let me know how you get on with these books. Let me know if you enjoyed them. I'm going to put the list of them on my Instagram as well. Yada, yada, yada. Whatever else you need to know. I'll see you next week. The law of attraction has changed my life. It's going to change yours too. Bye.
What up, bitches? It's no secret that reading has changed my goddamn life. I think it's incredible that people put their entire life's work, their teachings into a book that often costs less than £10. It's incredible to me. And I am so thankful to all of the authors that have helped me on my self-development journey. And, you know, I have the UK's biggest self-development book club. There's over 3,000 of us reading along each month. But maybe you're thinking, Fran, I ain't got time to read. Who do you think I am? Barbara Cartland? No, you are busy. You are girl bossing it. You are living your goddamn life. And I get that. I see that. I hear it and I value it. And that's where Audible can come in. If you find yourself only with the time to be able to listen to something, but to not sit and physically hold a book, maybe you have a physical job like um, cleaning or whatever, where you are using your hands or maybe you're a crafter. And you want to be able to just listen to something and to learn on the go. Or maybe you're driving a lot and you're able to listen to a book. But, you know, it's illegal to read a book and drive, bitches. Don't try it. Then Audible may be for you. I have a 30-day free trial that you can have a little go at and see if it's for you. You can download millions of books to your phone or to your laptop or whatever you fucking want and listen to it wherever you are. Um, So check it out. Um, I'll leave the link down below. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.